Welcome to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners. For Midpack Runners, I'm Anthony. And I'm Thane. And this episode is all about where to put the pain. This is Runners on Trail. Episode 27. Where are you putting the pain right now? I'm putting the pain in the (laughs) wish I hadn't chosen to run with Anthony. Not run for a few months, but and I'm feeling it. But it's good, right? Yeah. And this is one of the points I think we're going to get to. So, in this episode, in amongst all the cars coming past, we're going to give our tips about where to put the pain. So, we're going to do a short one minute on each while we're running, and the rest will be back in the studio. Yeah, because. I think if I tried to get you to talk for an hour at the moment while we were running. Yeah. You're, you're as red as your hat is. <laughs> so, I think my first one is, in terms of where you put the pain, is stacking it against experience. You know, so, when you sit there and it's all going shitty, in my mind, it's important if you can to have a set of experience that tells you that ultimately it will all be okay yeah i'm not sure there's a lot more i can say about that the bottom line is that experience really helps you because ultimately if you've done a lot of races and a lot of runs you know that the pain is mostly temporary and that it will go away and the next day you'll be pleased with what you did and pleased that you stuck it out And so that experience helps you push on when you're in the pain because you know that the consequences, A, aren't as bad as you thought they were, and B, the consequences of not carrying on will make you feel probably worse than the pain is at the moment. Hmm. I think something to do with confidence as well, isn't it? That, you know, those cookies in the cookies jars, those give you confidence that you've been here before and you can get through it and it will be fine. Um, there's also obviously that training element as well of having done it before you're much more confident, your body's more ready to it. But from the perspective of what we're talking about today, it's that, that confidence that you are going to be able to get through this, that you are confident at what you can sustain. You're confident in your body and your ability to kind of recover during race, even, um, all those different things are going to, are going to help, aren't they? These are all part of that experience and that, that confidence will help you stay calm to a certain degree as well and, and not overstress it or worry about it and just kind of, this will be fine. I'm just going to keep going. I know it's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who aren't aware of the term cookies in the cookie jar, because I know we've talked about it before, but goodness me, not everyone will have listened to every episode, I mean, <laughs> which is outrageous clearly, but, um, but they might not have done is that literally cookies in a cooker jar analogy is that every time you have an experience, whatever that experience is, but mostly bad experiences, you're putting cookies in a cookie jar, which can be taken out when you have a bad or similar experience to remind you what it was like, but also to remind you that you've had those experiences and you can get through them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of these cookies in the cookie jar aren't necessarily to do with body pain. They're kind of also more broadly discomfort level things i.e. it's that kind of running in the rain that's that's not muscular 
pain necessarily, but it's that I'm wet, I'm miserable, I've had enough. But if you've been training in that, you know, in those weather conditions and you're used to it and it just doesn't bother you, does it? If you're always just going out and running in the rain anyway, why would, why would a long run be any different necessarily? And I would definitely say anyone who wants to um, put a lot of cookies in their jar in one go should go and do the Felsman race in Yorkshire because I put so many cookies into my cookie <laughs> jar during that race the last time I did it. From the from the driving hail to the fro- you know, freezing rain to the, oh, goodness me. Yeah, I put a lot of cookies in the cookie jar that day. But I, I've used those cookies. You know, mm. I have. I have put my been in some very uncomfortable situations since and I have drawn on those experiences from that race to a massive degree Mm. to make myself feel much better when i've been running yeah because all these things add up don't they how your body's feeling is a is a massive chunk of it for sure and that's probably by far the largest um jigsaw piece in the pain puzzle but you shouldn't underestimate all these other little pieces that will add up and and will ultimately just top out where you just say i've had enough of this you know it'll be like i'm in i'm in a lot of pain my body hurts this that and the other but on top of that you know i was soaked wet through i was getting cold i had this that and the other and it all just kind of keeps adding up and adding up doesn't it so yeah if you just even stopping some of these small ones um entering in and what i find also is a little bit of if if some of these smaller ones don't affect you but they affect the people around you this might not be a positive thing to say but but uh, you get some confidence in the fact that you're able to deal with that, which other people are struggling with. And that in yep. some weird way gives you a little bit of, hang on, I'm not too bad compared to a lot of people. I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know. absolutely. On to the next one. So one of mine is knowing it's only going to get so bad. Or kind of, it's only going to go so bad. It's uh, basically <coughs> that thing I've occasionally talked about that lowering yourself into the pain cave kind of thing and at a set level of energy and exertion the, the pain and the uncomfort will kind of bottom out it's a bit like a bathtub I'm not trying to say that it couldn't get worse and clearly there's a limit to what anyone can take and if you if you overexert what you're capable of you get you, you, that's only achievable for a small length of time but you can measure your pain and how it's going and just because it's getting bad quite fast now that won't happen forever it will bottom out and I guess some of that is knowing the level you've got to go to or you can go to but that's my tip knowing the pain is only going to get so bad kind of (laughs) Okay, so that was all about bottoming out um, and and the fact that it's going to get, for any exertion level, the pain will kind of probably get to a particular level. Um, it can get worse, but, but it, it fundamentally it's like a curve. It's like a bathtub curve. It's going to come down and then it's going to kind of level off, generally speaking. I think that's true, unless, of course, you're putting yourself beyond your lactate threshold or beyond your VO2 absorption uh, level, in which case you're just going to um, end up blacking out. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's unlikely. I think the longer you go in an ultra, it's, it's about pain, not about your ability to absorb oxygen and stuff. So yeah, I think you're right. It, the, the pain only gets so bad. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's part of it is the experience and forecasting. You know where that pain's going to kind of bottom out at, as in, you know that you can put in a certain amount of effort and it's going to get bad. You're going to get tired, but actually it will reach a certain level. And I guess it's knowing ahead of time how much effort you're putting in, where that will uh, result in you being. So you can get it wrong in that you overdo it. And then by the time you've bottomed out, you are effectively, um, you've, you've gone into the red, you've gone past what you can, what you can sustain. Um, but that, I guess, is an experience thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And the more you run, the more experiences you have. The the one race that I definitely feel this in is the long races. So in particular, Spine, you, you, you can, because it's such a long event, you can almost plot your kind of pain. And it definitely feels like, you know, you start off okay, it gets worse and worse. But after, you know, three days, three and a half days, it's really bad. But then it doesn't seem to get worse then. And ultimately, uh, after like five days, you start to improve a little bit, I found. So um, you can really, over such a long effort and at a, at a relatively stable effort level, you can really plot out that kind of that curve far easier than you can maybe in a short race when you've got lots of other dynamics going on yeah i I think that's right but of course what we're talking about here is sort of muscular pain from exertion what we're not talking about is injury pain absolutely and and i I know that you know from when i did autumn 100 and injured my knee stroke calf stroke tendons whatever it was you know the pain just got worse the longer i ran no you know and that's of course obvious if you're injured and you're running on it it's just going to get worse and it's not going to get better it's only going to get worse yeah absolutely you're 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 right um the the pain we're mostly talking about is that muscular and and kind of possibly soft tissue to a to an extent because even things like blisters and stuff would get so bad but won't get worse but but absolutely there are some things which are just going to be race ending you know if you've got tendonitis tendon problems and issues and stuff they they can just get worse and worse and worse with no end in sight right so pain will only get so bad let's go for the next clip the next one for me really is about choice and it's to do with the fact that don't ever forget that you chose to do this you chose to put yourself there this is what you want you know, that, and so whilst it feels horrible remind yourself you know look around yourself you know this is this amazing 50 miler or 30 miler in amazing stunning countryside that you picked because you knew it was going to be a tough race and it was going to put you in this place but you also knew that you could do it and that ultimately you would come out, as you said, the other side. And so it's all about choice. And the choice is yours. You can carry on running with the pain or you can quit. That is your choice. But you didn't set out in this race to quit. You set out in this race to get through yes and that doesn't mean 
that you won't have those flashes through your head of I, w- oh, I feel like quitting or I want to quit that's normal everyone has that you know and I guess there's a if you're not alone yeah. you know you're not alone in thinking that I guess also is that that bit of know full well that when you make that decision and make a positive decision that says I'm not going to quit yeah that's a hugely powerful decision to make and don't underestimate how that will make you feel how positive yeah. it will make you feel once you've made that decision is commitment coming to this or is that a separate point um, are you committing to it I think it's all part of the same thing okay. in my head yeah so kind well, of enjoying it and committing to it yeah Okay. But but also just accepting it, I think. Yes, okay, yes. Maybe that's part of the commitment, is accepting yeah. it. So that point from me, as I said, is about choice. It's your choice what you're going to do. You can make the choice. No one else is going to make that choice for you. And by making the choice to carry on racing, there's a huge mental benefit in committing to carrying on and knowing that you have made that decision because you want to carry on and it's for you and isn't being made by someone else for you i think there's another bit around choice which is around choosing the right race i think if you just enter a race willy-nilly quite often i think in our experience you you don't tend to do as well if, if you think about it and you think no i really want to do this specific race and i want to do it because of reasons a b c d and e then you're much more committed to it and then because it's your choice you you've thought through the logical process of why you're there and that's gonna that's gonna help with that if you've just turned up on the start line because you just feel like doing an ultra then you've probably got it stacked against you well certainly haven't got it stacked in your favor anywhere near as much as you have in the first scenario that you did indeed yeah and i'm not sure there's much more i can say about it i guess the bottom line here in all of this is if you choose to quit, that's your choice. It's not anybody else's. It's not your muscles. It's nothing. I mean, if you're injured, of course, and you have to. But other than that, you've chosen to quit. And that can sound, and that can feel negative, and it probably does feel negative, and it probably in some ways is negative. But on the flip side, if you choose to not quit, as I've said, in my, when I've made that positive choice in races and gone, oh, I want to quit, I want to quit, I quit. Right, I am not going to quit that the high it has given me has mm. been immense. Yeah. It really has. Mm, good point. Right. Next point. One of mine is visualisation. So I find it helps <laughs> to visualise and imagine the race, but also imagine and be honest with yourself about the discomfort. There's no point really imagining yourself and visualising yourself winning the race necessarily or I do that all the time <laughs> not being Killian Journey crossing the finish line at Transvolcania I know 20 I never imagine... minutes before everyone else oh you've, you've done that as well no I never imagine I'm him I always imagine I'm beating him <laughs> see I would classify that as dreaming <laughs> but we all have dreams but they anyway, should be really that... probably they should be goals probably shouldn't they <laughs> we digress <laughs> but if you can imagine yourself and put yourself in the situation that it's going to hurt, it's going to be painful, 
but it's no surprise. And when it does hurt, then it is painful. It's what you expected it to be. Yeah. You're not going to beat yourself up because it's worse than you thought it was. No. It's exactly as you thought it was. Yeah. And certainly that's helped <clears throat> in my very long races. Mm-hmm. I think I still struggle a bit in the short races to visualise them. My inherent lack of speed. But imagining yourself, visualising yourself, and then maybe extending that um, to putting yourself in that situation, which I think comes back to a point about training and cookies in the cookie jar, but visualising it and expect, expecting it <laughs> is my point. So, yeah, visualisation. Um, I definitely think it's a good thing to do. I typically haven't performed as well when I haven't really thought about it in advance. I do think there is something around projection, visualising and getting into it planning your your kind of mental approach and how you're going to deal with it and you know what if if you visualize that it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt and and then it doesn't hurt as much that's all of a sudden you've banked a positive when you're actually doing it for real it's like blimey i'm doing really well so i've discussed this with my coaches because in my head a lot of the time when i'm running my visualization is extremely positive and they've told me that what i need to do is make sure i'm visualizing the bad stuff as well so if i'm having a tough run i need to start thinking about imagining myself in a race in that situation and how i deal with it because mm. I, I think that's that is important i think you're right about the visualization and, and accepting and knowing what it's going to feel like and expecting it to not be brilliant and how you're going to deal with that is important my only caveat would be that if i sat there on a multi-day event and said today was awful tomorrow is going to be awful i don't think that would work in for me so there are two different trains of thought on this some people say you need to visualize what it's going to be like so that you can accept it and move through it and the other side is just tell yourself that tomorrow will be better than today because that's what's going to get you out of bed and onto the course again and working hard and i think some things work for some people and some things work for others i don't think there's a universal way of doing it it all depends on what your personality or brain type is yeah i I see the point you're making um i think there's a case for both isn't there I think if it was tipping down with rain and freezing cold and you've really being pushed, then part part of it saying, look, but it, it'll probably get better tomorrow is, is, is something you need to recognise. Even and, if you know it's not going to get better tomorrow, just tell yourself that it is. Yeah, it can only last, certain things can only last so long, especially things which are just purely random stuff, you know, like the weather and things like that. I mean, you know, I know your physical situation probably isn't going to randomly change to be immensely, immensely positive, you know, if you're still mid-race. But nonetheless, some of the things around you could get worse, but could get better. So, yes, yeah, there, there, there is the other side of the coin as well on, on some of these aspects. But I don't think it's just to do with weather. I mean, so just to re- return to it just for a second, I saw a TV program and I won't name the individuals involved, some TV personalities. And one of the people was saying, you know, w- when it goes bad, I'm just going to imagine that tomorrow it's going to be better and say to myself and one of the the other guy turned around to this first guy and said you mustn't do that you've got to tell yourself it's going to be just as bad and this guy went but but that no and this and this other guy just went on a massive rant fest and what it appeared to me was this guy just didn't appreciate that not everybody's brain is wired the same way as his was and mm. if this other guy needed to tell himself every day that tomorrow wouldn't be as bad as today because if it if he didn't do that he would give up whereas for the other mm. guy if he did that 
the next day when he started doing his thing and it was wasn't better who would then give up so i, I yeah. think it just depends on what your personality type is like what's going to work for you yeah and and it's not going to be a constant either it's going to be no. different things in different circumstances correct yeah. yeah absolutely yeah i agree right next tip so this next one is one i've got personal experience using and it's effectively the method of shortening your races mentally by effectively breaking them up into chunks but more than that in some races and certainly in my last race i literally told myself that the race was shorter than it actually was yeah and so it was a looped course and i was on the fourth loop i'm really struggling and so i simply told myself that at the end of that loop it would be the end of the race yeah and immediately i felt better because i only had three miles to go rather than ten miles to go yeah and now i know that sounds really stupid right really silly because that sounds really stupid yeah well it does because ultimately of course i knew i had 10 miles to go but by breaking it like that and saying i just had to do the rest of this lap i felt a lot better and then i got to the end of that lap and said right it's just one more lap off you go (laughs) because of course a lot of these lows are temporary yeah you don't descend into that pain cave and that hurt locker and that's how it stays for the rest of the race yeah there's a lot of time where it's just to do with you know, nutrition, you've not got, you're having a bit of a sugar yes, dip yes. and everything else. And so... There are natural highs and lows. Correct. And so it's not about saying something that's going to get you to the end of the race. It's about saying something that's going to get you through the next 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So you then recover and carry on. And that's what I did. And so I appreciate it's a bit unconventional. And I'm sure it probably wouldn't necessarily work for everyone. There'll be people listening to this going, that's madness. But I know it works for me. Yeah. And I can't be, you know, I can't be a, a single person in that. It will work for other people too. So, look, I'm not sure I've got that much to add to that. The bottom line is that by partitioning up races and segregating them in your head, if you can, the enormity of what you still have to do can be reduced. And that definitely works for me. And certainly, I know that a lot of the time when I've had lows in races, it's purely been down to nutrition falling apart. And then once I've crammed my face with some food, 20 minutes, half an hour later, I feel much better again. So if you're able to partition it, I I just find it really helps. Mm, Absolutely. I know when we've recorded that on the run, we were talking about kind of shortening the race in a way, wasn't we? uh, But but it is that part you've just been talking about. I think that the the more common thing to do is the, the chunking, chunking the race up into parts and focusing on that particular chunk don't think about the whole enormity of what you're trying to do because that can be overwhelming think of it right okay i just need to get to the next checkpoint i just need to get to that next top of that hill you know and that'll bring your focus in won't it it might even allow you to enjoy it a bit more so rather than worrying about the whole race you're focusing on let's just enjoy this hill let's let's yeah having those small targets and then ticking them off gives you like it's like getting a sticker at school isn't it you know young children they'll do anything for a sticker (laughs) when you're an adult you're like not just young children young man i'll I'll do anything for a sticker (laughs) you know tied to your room you can have a sticker oh wow cool but but if you're getting small rewards and you're getting them frequently and you can say yeah i did that I've, I've, i've just achieved that i just i just ran for five minutes awesome you start building up that positive list you're right you know when i think about Thames Path 100 and Autumn 100 where I literally did I broke it up into 
10 minute runs, five minute walks, 10 minute runs, five minute walks. And I, I almost didn't focus on where the aid stations were. I just did that as a repeat, repeat, repeat until I got to an aid station mm. and didn't focus on anything else. As I said, it's not going to work for everyone. And, and specifically the bit about shortening the race in your head. I appreciate some people will say that would definitely not work for them. But it has worked for me. And I guess the point here is that all these tips we're going to go through today, you know, they're just what works for us. It's about finding what works for you and how you deal with the pain. You know, these tips we're going to give out, they're not the be all and end all. There's going to be other stuff that works for other people. This is just what works for us. Yeah. Cool. Next one. I always think there's something in sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, mate. That's something to do with not bottling it up i mean this is a problem for a lot of things isn't it yeah um don't get me wrong i think it can go too far uh-huh. you can end up talking yourself into trouble and stuff and whining too much but you know sharing the fact that you've got a pain something hurts you're struggling and quite often you're near other people someone might go yeah i'm feeling the same and all of a sudden you can find something positive and someone to share it with and maybe they can help you out well and we know that's true from training on bridge valley road for transfer car here right where we go out to, to do we go out to do 20 20 reps in a morning and we'd get five reps in and one of us would go not feeling it today should we just quit Actually, and the other not one, feeling it today and the other one would go no we're not going to quit okay and then and then by the time they get to 10 reps in and the other person would go yeah do you know what we should just quit now i think you're right yeah. at that point the other one would have recovered and go no we're not quitting and so by sharing that stuff together and sharing the experience you can keep yourselves going living off of each other's ups maybe yes and talking each other out of it yes rather than talking each other down <laughs> correct yeah okay so sharing is caring and listening back to that i think there's a little bit more than that as well isn't it there's there's also a bit of kind of teamwork associated with this as well isn't it you're sharing you know pain and discomfort and and you, you're looking for maybe some kinship um, so part of it is is being able to recognize and discuss your problems in order that other people might sympathize and, and help out and maybe they got a similar problem and then you can talk about it but it's also that bit that you can you can help each other out and that's a massive part of the sport i was thinking exactly that as i was listening to it too it could be a bit as simple as oh, oh i'm feeling i'm just in a real low point and someone says have you eaten anything you go no i've run out of food and someone goes here's a gel stick it down and things can be that easy or it could be that person going, have you eaten anything rages? No, why not? Oh, I don't feel like it. Eat something. Mm. Not in a bullying way, but just in that sometimes you need someone just to sort of take charge of you just for five minutes. Yeah, it's it's amazing that kind of that teamwork aspect, isn't it? Because most of the races have kind of done, you end up normally re- running alongside or with or bouncing past a, a, a few people at different stages it's not normally the same person from start to finish but but quite often that you make you know two or three acquaintances through the course of a long like 100 mile race don't you and you have that teamwork element going it's like come on we can guts this out let's let's do it you know you're in pain i'm in pain we can get through this and, and that can work i think the only caveat i would say is that in the interest of you finishing the race and, and managing pain if, if you all of a sudden end up with someone who's kind of clearly given up or is about to give up then move on because that's not going to help you in any way yeah it can be really difficult as you said that trying to stay with someone who's 
clearly struggling is is clearly the good thing to do but if it significantly negatively impacts your race then you know that's not good for either of you really ultimately Mm -hmm. there is also of course the worry of groupthink that a whole group of you end up talking each other into quitting or enabling each other if one of you feels bad the other one feels bad you enable each other to quit yeah by doing it together but i think that the other side is more likely that one of you will pull the other person out of the problem than that happening i think two you know maybe two out of three or probably three out of four times it's normally a very positive thing but there's been a few races where i've been with somebody and and they've all of a sudden you know tanked and and i wish i'd kind of left sooner because retrospectively i needed that extra time and i've lost like 15 30 minutes which can make a big difference towards the end of a difficult race as to whether you finish it or not and i know you've been in races where ultimately someone's gone off and left you and Mm. in the immediate aftermath you've you've been a bit resentful but ultimately when you thought about it you've realized why they did the right thing yeah on some of the occasions (laughs) (laughs) not all not all of them (laughs) no but but uh, that's that is a part of the sport isn't it and i I think most people enjoy that enjoy the part of meeting people i've got some brilliant friendships that have come from being with people on races for literally like six eight hours and now we're kind of friends and that was based off of a six hour kind of sharing thing it's not often in life that you just spend six hours with people and then you develop a friendship i mean how many meetings do you have at work where you meet people for for a day or two and how often do those become friendships but never (laughs) very 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 rarely but when you're doing something like ultra running and you're with someone for six eight hours that can be like a lifelong friendship because you've been suffering together and stuff I think it's a really positive element of the sport. I don't disagree at all. So there you go. Sharing is caring. Right, let's move on to the next tip. So my next one isn't so much where to put the pain or where to put the hurt. It's about understanding where the hurt goes and how that can affect you overall. So in my head, there is a hurt bucket. Okay? And once that hurt bucket is full, yeah. that's it, it's over. Okay, slightly different to lowering yourself into the cave that'll only get so bad. Yes. This is probably another bit beyond that rule. Yeah, it, it, it's basically, you know, there's only so much shit you can take, you know? Oh, yeah. So, now you can offset the shit in the same way as you do in life. If you've got bad things in your life or you've got good things in life, they can offset each other. But ultimately, there's only so much crap you can take. And I think the example for me that brings that home was my DNF at Lulworth Cove, when I had a few things go wrong in the race, but nothing hugely dramatic, and certainly I've had things go just as badly wrong in races before and since. But I had a lot going on in my work life at the time that was quite difficult. And so my shit bucket, my hurt bucket, was already quite full with negativity and, and problems. And so it didn't take much for that bucket to top up of an overflow. And I decided to quit. So you were already low when you started. Yeah. But you hadn't recognised that that was going to have an impact. Correct. Yeah, not well, certainly not as much as it did. And so I think there's a bit that says, you know, if you understand that and you know that, and you can somehow empty your bucket or fill up your positivity bucket to offset your negativity bucket then that can help you but even just that 
acceptance and knowledge and maybe the determination to not let it affect you before you race is important yes but for me it's the only race where i've ever really felt like that and i know it's to do with how things were outside of the race more than it was to do with how things were in the race so the hurt bucket or the bucket of poo or whatever you want to call it for me lulworth cove really showed me that that can fill up i've never ever had it fill up in any other race or even got close really maybe thames path but I was able to offset that with the positivity of a Western States qualification, for example. And that was that outweighed every bit of poo in my bucket. But at Lulworth, I was running because I'd entered the race. There wasn't, I wasn't getting enough positivity from the race to offset what was in my bucket. And I think you can see that in some people when they quit, I think, that they've just they've had it. They, they, their enjoyment level is not there and they're not going to get any enjoyment out of it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because listening back on that now, I was seeing it more like there's a bucket and it has a size. And once that tops out, then you're in danger of or you're inclined, not necessarily, but you're inclined to call it a day. Yeah. But there's this other element, isn't it? Is the fact it's probably another bucket alongside it, which is goodness. And I guess the question is, whilst your bucket might be a certain size, can you just fill up the positive bucket uh, with more and more stuff to offset it? So one thing is the size of your bucket. And the other thing is, can you put stuff in, in the positive bucket? And I guess those are two different types of things. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, I think there's a mixture of both. I think there's a point where as long as you keep the positive outweighing the negative, you'll, you'll always manage to carry on. But if that positive starts to dip below, then it's almost maybe the difference between the positive and the negative. You can only mm. cope with so much, the negative being so much bigger than the positive. And if you've got no positive, then yeah, your negative bucket is effectively smaller. Whereas every bit of positive you put in offsets a bit of the negative. That's how it works in my head, I think, anyway. Yeah, and I think some of the other things we have talked about already and will talk about um, later in this episode are all things which can affect the positive bucket in a lot of ways. I think you're absolutely right. But again, as I said in the clip, there is a little bit in there that's about recognizing it. Whereas if if, you, if it's just happening in the background in your subconscious, I think that's when you're at the greatest risk of quitting a race. Yeah. And if you're able to bring it into the forefront of your mind, either before the race or when you're running the race, and accept it, acceptance of how bad things are is hugely positive. Maybe that's a strategy of managing the bucket, isn't it? Is I think what you're saying is recognize it think about it and, and and almost like just by acknowledging it you're ticking it off it's almost like you're probably halfway to dealing with it or you've reduced its size of that bit of the bucket by half you you, you know if, if it was bothering you 30 percent then acknowledging it its existence there um might make it 20 or 15 percent as bad i think you can't underestimate the power of your ability to say I don't care what this is like. I am not going to let it affect me. And that that's hu a hugely positive thought. But on, on Lulworth Cove, you know, I know you, you had a lot going on at work and things at the time. Had you did you recognize in the race that that was having an impact on you? Or was it after the race that you thought about it and thought, actually, I was already in a bad place before I started? I, I think it was during the race, but it was already too late at that point. 
Yeah. Plus, I also knew that carrying on with the race would have an impact on my work as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, work was ongoing. I should really should have been at work rather than racing. So possibly a, a new set of circumstances there, but it showed me how it can really affect you. It's a real it's a real example, though. And, and uh, we've all got a lot going on in our lives all the time. It's very rare, I think, for most people that everything's absolutely fine. And, you know, <laughs> I think most people have got something going on in their lives that they're, they're trying to do on the side or work that's busy or children and things there's always lots of stresses and strains that most runners i think have to some degree right so that's the poo bucket let's move on to the next one a tip from me yeah don't go running with me on a sunday when you've not been running for a bit yeah that's what <laughs> he's shaking it up um so you can end up in a bit of a groove i'm looking about kind of mentally here talking about physically like he, you're running with the same cadence, the same style, the same the same pattern. And then things some things can get tired excessively more than other things. And sometimes it helps just to say, you know what, I'm gonna shorten my stride, I'm gonna I'm gonna strengthen it out, I'm gonna just get on my toes a little bit and just moving it around. And sometimes I think it's better to do this sooner rather than later. So as soon as you start to feel something, just shake it up a little bit. That doesn't mean you have to do that for the whole race. It just means that you can just load up some other bits. Some things that are taking it easy can take a bit of the strain. The bit that's hurting the most just gets a bit of the all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so there we're talking about mixing it up. And, and while we were recording that on the run, I was thinking, right, change your stride change the your 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 human dynamics in order to kind of ease things which completely is a thing but thinking it about it slightly broader context it's mixing it up in terms of you know do you stretch out do you change your socks do you have a new attitude going forwards you know there's lots of ways in which you can change things about your physical and your mental state to make things better and make you approach the next stage of the race in a, in a in a more positive, more healthy, better condition. Yeah, you're right. And when I did this Centurion Autumn 100, after 75 miles, I changed my socks, my shoes, my jacket, my top, all of which in an effort to make myself feel better. Did it? Well, who knows? But I, I got through the race, didn't I? Mm. So even if it actually didn't make any difference to me physically mentally knowing i'd made a change for the positive and knowing i'd taken a positive steps to try and help myself was probably a good thing right yeah yeah i find stretching can help quite a bit as well it's just kind of like as your muscles get tense just kind of like take the time just to kind of stretch out a little bit change change certain things about your physiology um they can all they all have positive impacts so yeah there's there's a whole range of things you can do um lots of little tricks and tips you could pull on to make things better all by mixing it up yeah absolutely and certainly from a stride perspective when i did the downhill at transvulcania i absolutely changed from short choppy strides to long bouncy strides because in that two and a half hours there's no way i could have kept the same stride pattern running down that hill so by changing it up physically definitely kept bits of my muscles fresher and able to cope when the other bits got tired so as you said there definitely is that bit that's physical but i think you're right in terms of other things you can do with mental or 
administration that they're all good things to help you in the race yeah and in even what you're eating as well or drinking um it could be that you've just you know your stomach needs something different and you don't even know it yeah um so thinking okay well i'll have that energy drink or i'll i'll, I'll, I'll eat some proper food this time or you know I'm, 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 let's try that different bar i don't normally like that but that might just go down certainly i've ended up in races where where you just struggle to eat certain types of food don't you you just kind of they just won't go down you just don't have enough saliva in your mouth to kind of chew stuff anymore so you do you do have to think more broadly about what you can do to solve those problems you're right because you can just develop the attitude of well i won't eat anymore then that doesn't work i think the other bit as well is about recognizing or doing these things early potentially even before there's been any impact so mixing it up before you need to mix it up or before you recognize the need to mix it up so that you never end up in the situation where you think oh i've got to do something to sort sort myself out by mixing it up you might stop that ever happening in the first place does that make sense absolutely and and part of that is also the experience isn't it um it's knowing what you can do and recognizing that you probably need to start mixing it up because if you don't then you might be developing problems in the next 10 miles because you've had that experience to know that's likely what's going to happen so yeah yeah, absolutely i mean i i I ran a race and there were some people who were around me for most of the race i said why are you running this this hill is so steep and they said we've been we're determined to run the entire race which was great if that's all they wanted to do but my experience told me that I'd walk the hills faster than I could actually run them. Some of them were so steep. And mm. so that's kind of a part of mixing it up, isn't it? Walking and running when you need to in order to generate the best speed you can throughout the whole race. Yeah. Is there a thing where you uh, kind of a tip where you start running before the top of the hill to put load into your body? And then as you go over the top of the hill, it then kind of eases up and you feel more positive as a result of the transition rather than starting to run at the top stroke when you're going downhill already is that a thing i i kind of i feel it's a bit of a thing i'm not sure if it's a thing i've not heard of that thing okay i think it's a thing i've certainly heard the thing that says that you go slightly easier up the hill that you can and run the downhill harder than you would otherwise have done in other words you don't consolidate so much on the downhill because you've gone slightly for a little bit less effort going up the hill you won't go up that much slower, but you can go down the hill, use that effort that you've saved going down the hill to go down the hill a lot faster. Yeah. Okay. But I think we're going slightly off topic now. I think we are. Okay. Okay. So that was mixing up. Can I uh, say one thing as well? That I love you really too. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> go on. It's that, you know, sometimes we've said, we've all said, you know, if you don't think you can finish a race, you shouldn't enter it and stuff. But, and to some degree, you have to at least be able to see yourself finishing it. You know. But you only live once, and going out and trying and having an experience is probably better for you in one way, shape, or form than sitting at home and not doing it. Um, so, yes, we don't want to make a habit of it, sure, but equally, you know in my belief system anyway or my current belief system you know you get one life you want to make the most of it you know you might go out and not do well but it's going to put put cookies in your cookies jar it's going to give you an experience it might give you more hunger to do it again Mm. not that you want to make not finishing a pattern but don't beat yourself up as well 
I, I, slightly different to what we're talking about. But. Yeah, and, and I'd agree to a certain extent, but I would also say, if you're entering a race in the belief that you can't do it, uh, yeah, you probably sure. shouldn't be doing that. No, right, yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably unfair on organisers and stuff. Well, like it's that. Just, and you just you know, and yourself. Well, and, and and that is that type of thought pattern that will see you not succeed because yes. it'll be so easy to quit. Oh, I knew I couldn't do it. I'll just quit. You know, yeah, you're right. You, you've got to have a belief that you, you might be able to do it. I'm not saying you should enter race saying I can do it, but I, you know, I, I might be able to do this, and I want to try. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who's got the money to enter races they know they can't do? I, <laughs> not me. So look, there are some hints and tips from us on how to cope with the hurt, how to cope with the pain during races. Are you going to say anything? I'm hidden under a blanket. I can't see you. Uh, I I guess pain and discomfort are all part of ultra running. It is unavoidable. You are by definition doing something longer than a marathon. And what's more, it probably ain't flat. So even if it was a marathon, it's probably going to be a lot harder than a flat marathon. Um, Well, I think if you're going to push yourself to achieve your best possible result in terms of time, yes, that is absolutely true. Mm. You know, if you decide I'm just going to enjoy the journey and do a 30 miler and take 12 hours to do it, it's probably not going to be that bad. Yeah. So I guess the inspiration for this podcast in part came from a two minute clip from a guy called Seth Godin, who was on about where do you put the pain? How do people finish difficult things? And he was talking about a marathon running and saying, you know, if they shortened the marathon from 26.2 to 25 miles, would a higher percentage of runners finish it? And the answer is no. You don't go to a trainer of a marathon and say, look, I want to, I want to get training because I want to run a marathon and not, and for it not to hurt. Running a marathon is going to hurt by almost definition. The people who finish, finish because they know where to put the pain. If you don't know where to put the pain, then you're going to quit at mile 12, mile 13. And ultra distance running, by definition is longer than a marathon and it's not only longer but normally the terrain is going to be a lot more severe than it would be on a a regular road marathon um so it's all part of it is what attracts us to the sport is the fact that it is hard it is difficult it is going to be painful and therefore you have to have the strategies to deal with it so it is it's a big part of it and that just makes the achievement even more sweet and even better doesn't it when you complete it yeah, you know, the, old, the old adages are true, aren't they? The, the, the pain will only last so long. I mean, it can last months, don't get me wrong, Certain, especially injuries type stuff. But normally the the pain from an event will normally go within, you know, a, a day or a few days, won't it? But the pain of not finishing will last forever. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners on Trail. You can email us at runnersontrail at gmail.com. So we'll play you out now with the end of Thane and My Run on that lovely sunny Sunday in Bristol. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and don't forget, enjoy the trails. I don't even know where I am. Ah, you'll see in a minute. We're nearly at the downs now. We're nearly at the parting of the ways. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll do another hour and a half. Well, unless you want to come and do some Bridge Valley Road Bread, so I'm guessing you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nine and a half K so far. Uh, so it's going to be 
bit more than 10k, sorry. But I'll take you in Strava anyway. You can put that little footnote. Oh, I was running with Thane. Everyone will know what that means. 